0: Havili was magic, the
1: shift gone for Crotty, boom, far down you go, quacket Smith, me oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on,
2: and enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Season 6, Episode 8 of the Draft Rugby Podcast, or the Draft Rugby Show, the podcast they play in heaven. I'm a bit uh, rusty after a week off, but um, joining me, uh, I'm your host Kagi, and uh, joining me tonight we have brothers Harry and Nelson Dale, who are currently out on their yearly charity run with uh, Save Our Sons. Boys, how are you? And do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
2: I'd like to start by you're always rusty. It has nothing to do with the week off. Thank you for having us. Uh, yeah, the charity walk is going very, very well. No running to be had, but uh, it is... I'll let Nelson
0: say hello first. Actually, that's probably the polite thing to do. Uh, hello. I'd like to take this chance to take a dig at Kagi too, so... <laughs> Okay, Goggy. Good. Okay. Uh <laughs> we are not
2: the children friendly podcast. And uh look, the the charity we should say on a more serious note called Save Our Sons, raising awareness for kids with uh Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is a muscle wasting disorder that essentially means that the, the child is likely to die in their twenties really? and be uh and be confined to a wheelchair by about the age of twelve. So it's a pretty horrible thing. And they're raising awareness by walking all through Brisbane this year. So uh, here for the week and yeah the uh we're doing the physio and the
0: podiatry for them so it's uh it's a good cause and good fun maybe we should flick up the link on the socials and if you feel like donating even if it's a dollar five dollars whatever you can donate um it's a it's a great cause and the money is going towards kids getting wheelchairs you know adjust uh, alterations to their houses paying for nurses and research so really really good cause.
1: yeah absolutely and um you guys have done this a few years in a row now and, um, you know, it's almost as if you guys are good blokes, you know,
0: so. Um... It's a facade, <laughs> mate. At least for Harry, it's a facade.
1: <laughs> no, no, awesome. Um, and so we had, uh, look, getting to the rugby, we had a big round of rugby on the weekend. We had round two of Super Rugby Pacific Super Round, um, which, of course, you boys came down um, with the few of us that went down for it and had a really good time, didn't you?
2: Yeah, we had we had our brother's wedding, so we would have loved to get down there. But I know a few of the boys were down there having the time of their lives. Uh, mm. I'm hoping you've watched a lot of footy considering you were at each game, Kagi. So I'm going to be looking for a lot of detail in our two-minute reviews. Um, but before we get on to you showing us how much you took in from those games, mm. let's just, tip, let's just uh, have a quick little look at our uh, Super Brew tipping competition because we've got Super Brew Super Round. That's right, Super Brew Super Round. We've got over 60 people on there, so I just wanted to have a quick little look at where we're actually sitting at right now. I think Kagi is not doing very well. That's the main thing I took away from it. Yeah, um I think there's 61 people. I think Kagi's in 50 nights. <laughs> oh, gee. Nelson and I are 33rd and 34th or something, I think. So Nelson really showing the way for this podcast where we're exceptional tippers always have been always will be what's your excuse kagi well
1: i haven't actually put any tips in so that's um that's a bad I, start I may, I may have forgotten about it completely but um
2: i think you might be i think you might be just above ando from the pick and drive podcast so it's not all
1: bad
2: <laughs> well look i mean i'm glad you boys are
1: clutching for anything um obviously not going too well on the fantasy front both uh, with losses this week um but i know you guys didn't want to talk about it so uh and i can respect that you know how sensitive you're feeling about it but um no look i love you I'm, on the table so <laughs> um how about we get into some rugby so yes no, i was down at super round with a couple of boys from uh the og league and um we had an absolutely great time it was a fantastic round of rugby melbourne really turned it on a lot of um beautiful weather and some absolutely cracker games um i mean i think the first thing that we're going to we're going to get into before uh before we get into uh, the entree of looking at all the games was just the the average points per game in super round was the highest average in super rugby history at 69.8 points
0: It just absolutely living crazy. Up to the name living up to yeah. the name super round
2: they must have told all the teams defenses optional just make sure we bring the crowds in for next year hey <laughs> loved it absolutely loved it
1: well, that's it. It's partially that, and it's got to partially be the new laws. Uh, I was just just finished up listening to, earlier today to the the Eddie podcast, and just um, Eddie giving his insights on on how he thought that was having such a great in, uh, impact on the game, and um, Super Rugby like leading the way, you know, innovating as it always does, uh, and how we're seeing some real fatigue towards the end of games and stuff, which is really awesome. So, uh, that was another yeah, it was it was on show in, in round two. But look, let's get into our menu for tonight. So for entree, we're gonna quickly review round two super round for main course we're going to preview the matches to come in super ugly Pacific round three and for dessert um I think we just go with grievances now we're going talk a little bit about uh the Ardi severe uh throat slipping, um and our thoughts on that uh but yeah without without further Ado let's get into it so Round two, super round. Yeah, the boys have now caught up and watching a lot of the games. I was certainly at all the games, uh, and the detail of which Harry's mentioned, um, I mean, I may or may not have been uh, quite a few beers in sizzling.
0: um, I don't think everyone's super interested in how many beers you had. I think, let's go. This is uh, the first game is Crusaders versus Highlanders. We know you're not responsible. Crusaders took this one out (laughs) 52-15. This is... The Crusaders' biggest ever winning margin over the Highlanders. Highlanders are having a tough start to the season. If there are any South African players still here, that's two record head-to-head losses to start the year,
2: and the first time they've
0: ever conceded back-to-back fifties as well. Richie, Rich, Richie Moe, he silenced any doubters from week one, having an absolute cracker in this one. Fergus Burke at fullback, Gargi. Well, Harry, did you pick up Fergus Burke?
2: I did, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I enjoyed seeing him go over for one, and didn't enjoy him watching him bomb the other. <laughs> but um, it was good to see them try the the dual playmaker with Avili at front right, the front line as well. We thought the big question for this game was going to be if they could have enough punch, and I think their forwards really brought it, and I think that made a huge difference. Cody Taylor, I thought exceptional with two tries as well. Um, they just they just dominated the physicality, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And Nelson's boy, look for the for the Highlanders. It was, I mean. There wasn't really any positives, to be honest. Uh, they just looked like they had absolutely no punch. Um, I mean, the forwards, you know, to be fair to them, the forwards weren't doing um, that bad of a job, you know, in actually getting some ball and whatnot. But the backline just had absolutely nothing. They're just everything they everything they could muster was just, like, absolutely swatted by the Crusaders. And the only person who could get any go forward was Thomas Amunga Jensen. And um, he only managed to really inject himself kind of late in the second. So... Um, with a few like big runs and a couple of line breaks. But he literally was the only guy creating anything. So um, it's pretty hard to carry an entire back line when the other team could just mark one player. Um, but anyway, so big game. Great to see. It was interesting with Fergus Burke at fullback. Um, we didn't see that coming. They have so many talented outside backs. We would love to see settle down there. But um, alas, anyway, great game. So let's move on to the second game for Friday night. Um, another Ripper game. And probably the, some of the best atmosphere of Super Round. We had the Rebels... Uh, going down to the Hurricanes, 33 to 39. Um, honestly, yeah, the atmosphere in this one was great. I was surprised that Melbourne fans know how to make some noise. Um, and there was actually quite a big crowd in, in for this one. But um, it was certainly helped by it being a really, really close game uh, yeah. and um, a lot of contention throughout.
0: This one was an absolutely cracker. I think the Rebels really, you know, took to the the arty, you know, threat, uh, you know, with... Absolute passion. They they came out and said, you know, this is our turf, and, and we're going to defend it. And and came out on fire in that second half, and and brought back, you know, a, a pretty significant loss, and and mounted a, a a really really solid half, probably one of the best halves the Rebels have ever played. Um, and I I thought it was an absolute cracker for them. They were very close to having an opportunity for the win uh, in the back end. There they did have a try scored off them the last try for the Canes that I think was. You know, off a, a probably a wrong call, but that's how this works. And and the re- the Rebels just left it a little bit too late to, you know, really be able to argue against that sort of thing. Yeah, and probably the, the main points for me was on the rebel side of the thing, I
2: thought Carter Gordon was fantastic. Not only did he have that uh, intercept try, he's second in two weeks where he just has an outrageous turn of pace. But equally, I thought he showed some really fine touches with his short kicking game and just the way he started to steer the team around in attack uh richard hardwick i thought was fantastic for the second week in a row i know i've given him a bit on this podcast yeah. in years gone by but two fantastic weeks all i wanted was him to bring out this he, form so again yeah. put myself on the back i think i'm yeah. responsible for this team he, he started
0: richard softwick and then midway through he was semi-wick and then he was hardwick by the end of it he he just got better and better he did not like last week where he kind of went away in the second half he just kept
2: growing It was an exceptional performance from him. He was better than Artie, statistically. Statistically, he was. Uh, the only thing was, you know, this is probably the other point of the, of the match, was the Hurricanes' discipline was their biggest issue. I think they were so dominant in the first half. And then Artie's yellow card, he didn't come back with quite the same vigor. I think he was really, a bit but- gun-shy when I think he'd realized that maybe he lost a bit of control. And then they had Tavita Maffaleo's yellow upgraded to a red. So he was off for 20 as well. So, being a man down for 30 minutes really took the wind out of their sails and is probably what gave the Rebels the opportunity to really excel like they did.
0: I forget the Rebels had a yellow as well. I know, but 30 minutes straight's tough. Yeah, it was certainly the weekend of
1: cards. But no, no, I'd certainly I'm back you on, on Richard Hardwick. It was, it was interesting to see that um, selection choice validated rather than all the exciting kind of back rowers they have. So huge game from the Rebels and um, awesome way to, to finish Friday night. And that takes us on to the Saturday game. So... We had Moana Pacifica going down 29 to the, chef, the Chefs, uh, 52. Uh, and we saw another record set in this game. We saw the fastest try in Super Rugby history. Um, yeah. A try scored okay. by the chefs by Rameka Pohipi just eight seconds in. He literally just sprinted through. The ball was caught by, I think it was a halfback. Pass thrown, intercepted, straight under.
0: So I um I thrown. actually picked up somebody else as my reserve uh, center. It took eight seconds for me to go. geez, I made the wrong choice. Why did <laughs> I not pick up Boyevi? What a bad choice. Yeah, that was a terrible option. Uh, Webber,
2: uh, I thought Brad Weber with his two tries was exceptional. Shooter just going from strength to strength. Three tries for him. I've never seen a man work less hard to score three tries. Like, and it wasn't because he was just standing at the end of the line. He just looked like he was never trying. He just broke the line at ease, at will. At the moment, he's just un- untouchable. He, it's so hard it's to kind put of him just, out. Just sailing around the field, doesn't it?
1: it? Doesn't doesn't look like he's got any stiff competition. He kind of just picks gaps and sails through them. It's, um... He looks
0: like he's playing against the under 14s Truly, <laughs> he, he looked good. We yeah, between the Weber two tries, shooter three tries, the the Chiefs actually scored in the first half six unanswered tries to break out to thirty eight to three, and that that is massive and. Obviously, you're going to take the foot off the the pedal a little bit there and and let Moana Pacifica back in, but still managed to keep scoring throughout the match. Um, Yeah, only
1: other other point from this one was um, Atene, Nani Saturo still not feeling Atene out of 10 um, and uh, only only really the one carry for the night and uh, was subbed pretty early. So didn't get to see much from him. um, But uh, look, the rest of the back line more than made up for it. Uh, and both, look, the centres played really, really well as well. I thought Poi Hippie and Nankervell continues to impress. So great game from the Chiefs. Uh, and from from Moana, uh, I mean, there were some positive performances. I thought Miracle Fajalangi, who started at six, the sevens player we talked about in preseason, he looked really yeah. good. Um, and otherwise, I'm trying to think who else looked good. I mean, Jimmy Tabatakai always looks good. But yeah. He touches the ball. Every single time. So but yeah, big, that was a great game. Uh, and that just proved the Chiefs, you know, just running away with the for and against for the Chiefs are going to be hard to uh, come back against this season. But so, should we move on to the game that we, uh, the best game we... of the Super <laughs> Round, um, the Tars and the Drua? Nels, do you want to take us through that?
0: Yeah, look, this this started off as a physical battle between these two sides. And and it really showed, I think, some really positive signs for the Warriors. They didn't shirk the hard work in tight. Um, they had even Hugh Sinclair, one of the smallest locks in the world, actually, you know, trucking it up in Tide and, and doing that hard work and getting back up after just some massive hits from the Indrua. Um, But what it proved was the Tides can can wear that, you know, and continue to keep throwing at them. And, and towards the back end of the game, it broke open based on their fitness levels. Um, and the, the game sort of opened up for them in that second half. Totally, yeah. I'll say
1: for sure it's the most physical game I think I've seen in in quite a while. Uh, there was a game last year I think it was I think it was one of the minor Pacifica games. First couple of games that they were incredibly physical, but this was this was another level. Uh, and the crowd, the Fijian crowd, was well and truly out for the game and getting into it. I, I loved uh, they they were lining up every hit, and the whole crowd were uh, were getting into it um, with every single hit. It was awesome, but. Um, yeah, Lange Gleeson for mine, the absolute standout. I mean, by the end of that, I felt like he'd played himself into the Wallabies' number eight jersey. Um, crazy good game from Lange. And certainly I can say uh, he never lost one physical contest, uh, both on D and uh, in the carries. He always went forwards, and I think he's the only Tars player that did that. Um Swinton, whilst trying his best, got folded at least 10, 10, 10 times, it felt like by the Drew. So credit to him to keep getting up. But um no, Langey, that was an incredible performance. What did you guys think?
2: Yeah, unbelievable. I think he's arguably just playing himself into that number eight jersey for the for the wallabies. And I thought I think we've all seen the Eddie Jones photo now that had him named on the draft team. So as good as done um will harris i think he's going to have a tough time trying to make this side he's now probably competing more with swinton given the form old gleason so exceptional to see him continue to build uh the other thing oh. i had written down here was it was 17 all early in the first half and then the 56th minute teddy teller takes the field <laughs> End score 17 to 46 now, I threw a lot on this bloke last week because I thought he had just a really bad night out. And I'm not saying it's all his fault, but, guys, it's all his fault, isn't it? Jeez, that's <laughs> right. Look, I
0: think... I, <laughs> it's fair. So What
1: a what an un, un, uh, un- impartial uh, analysis there. But, no, look, I think the two yellow cards certainly didn't help the drawer. Uh, they were down to 13 men at one point. But um,
0: it, I think you're right. I think the... Help. It's good if actually Teddy Teller got a yellow card. Yeah. He did. Well, oh, there you go. It was helpful. That <laughs> was a good time
1: for them, was it? But yeah, anyway, it was good just seeing the Tars, all of the back three getting tries in towards the end there. Um, and yeah, they did well and truly run away with it. Uh, and so, Nyup the Tars. What a, uh, you beauty. But. Um, Let's move on further. Let's push to the Sunday games. And we started off with the Blues and the Brumbies. Uh the Blues going down 20 to the Brumbies 25. This was just an absolute arm wrestle of a game of rugby. Uh my main grievance with this game was just I'm not there. No one's there to watch Ben O'Keefe. We're there to watch some bloody rugby, but um it became very much the Ben O'Keefe show. But uh that aside, it you look, know, it was it was very like it was a test match intensity level of rugby, and uh, the Brumbies had a strict game plan of just not letting the Blues play with the ball. Uh, And the Blues just didn't get their outside backs any real quality ball or uh, opportunities. And so the Brumbies' game plan came off. Their rolling ball was unstoppable, um, even against this, you know, quality Blues pack laced with All Blacks. Uh, So I don't know if if the Blues couldn't stop that rolling ball, I don't know who can. Um, And, yeah, that led to penalty after penalty and and a few yellow cards. So that was really the story of the game for me.
0: I made a valid point, the Crusaders. But um, look, I, I think the the interesting thing for me here is the, the Broncos have had some significant changes from twenty twenty two, and, and I, I think we all thought twenty twenty two was their last real crack before you know they were losing some of these stars. But things they they really changed my thoughts. You know, last week with with this match up, they they did the hard work. They they managed to score points. They managed to hold the Blues out when the Blues looked threatening. Um, this was a really you know. Coming of age for a Brumby side that we thought really was was falling down the ranks from where they had been last year. Not significantly, but, geez, like this was a, a big step up for them, I think, with some of their players that, you know, they had Debreceny starting. They had, um, had uh, Lonergan starting. So they had Widenolise on the bench coming on for 30 minutes. This was really, really impressive. And they were winning 2025 when they brought their two Wallabies nine tens on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I
1: mean, Larkham talked about this. He, he actually really liked bringing on the experienced heads uh, towards the end of the game. Um, and I was just reading an article today saying that, you know, he's got the two Ferraris parked in the garage on the bench. And, uh, you know, maybe they won't be um, jumping into the starting position next week because he, he's quite happy with the work being done by Lonergan and Debrasini. But I um,
2: don't know Oracle if I agree
0: with would not call even them Ferraris?
2: I think it probably depends on, why Nick White's a Ferrari in the half-back r- ranks, but I, I would say it probably depends on who else you have in the back line to bring on as well. Like You can probably afford to carry these two on the bench at the moment because of the fact that uh, there's not a lot of depth in the centres and outside backs beyond what they've got there, so if there was someone banging down the door in the centres or the outside backs looking for more games on, then I think it would be a bit harder to do, but uh, it's probably a luxury that they hopefully won't have towards the back end of the season. Would love to see someone like Bay Wales or Tia just get a bit of game time or even Sapsford just really take his opportunity and kind of and push for selection himself because I'm not sure that carrying a 10 on the bench to play 30 minutes each week is really good for the 10's development or that good for the side. I'm pretty sure that he has the conditioning just to play 80 minutes
0: if he's a player. Just no Donaldson in 15. I mean not Johnson, long time. There's no um Devastini at, at 15. Smooth. smooth. No, smooth? Um, yeah. Well, speaking I, I, of that I, mean, that, I will say Ross one thing one that was right. interesting
1: right. was one of the one of the blues tries, Tom Robinson, um, the big sales. He he got out in a bit of a gallop. And he absolutely skinned Tom Wright. Uh, you know, you'd like to think Tom Wright could certainly run him down, but it was a very poor effort of a tackle for um, you know, the last covering tackle. One of those it's a tackle that definitely should have been made. So I was pretty unimpressed by that, particularly in such a tight game of rugby, you know, where those little opportunities are everything. So um it's not a bad shout, now. Deborah sending to
0: 15. Let's do it. Yeah, done. Keep the boot.
1: All right. Let's move on to final the final game.
0: You gotta drop one of the two um two mo- mobile wingers. Right yeah, it's gone. Sweet. Um, so let's Four go two, to two, the it, last two. game.
1: Um, we have the force and the Reds, and again, a new record. The Reds scoring 10 tries and their biggest score ever in super rugby, uh, beating the Force 71 to 20. Um how good, first of all, uh, unlucky for the force. But what um, a romping. Yeah, it just really, really got away from the force. And the Reds
0: looked great, to be fair. so there, um, hmm. There's some real concerns here for the force. We touched on it last week. Um, Thrush wasn't the answer. And the fact that they thought he was, it was scary. And, I, I mean, we saw it this week, you know. Like, they, they didn't have the answer throughout a, a, the back end of this game at all. Like, they, it's not that they necessarily gave up. They just – they didn't have the answers. Um, the the Reds were really, really rusty in round one. Round two, things came to be, together a bit better with, you know, some of their, their better players coming back. But, I mean, this was with Liner at 10 for most of that before James O'Connor came in. And then I'm pretty sure Liner ended up on a wing or somewhere else in the field as well. Like, and they, they kept on scoring. Like, there, there were some real questions here for the force. Yeah, yeah uh, I, th- I think I, they I really struggled.
1: They looked outplayed in 1-15 to 15 in, in this yeah. game, essentially.
0: I,
2: I do think they struggled a lot with their concussions, losing Michael Wells and Jeremy Williams. I think two of their probably higher-performing players in the forward pack, and they just don't quite have the depth to kind of cover these losses over an 80-minute period. Both of those guys went down midway through the first half. I think they probably suffered for that, not that it was going to make a 51-point difference, but... Yeah, there's a there's a lot of question marks there from the the force. I know on the flip side there's been huge, uh huge uh flaws, I should say, for Josh Fluke scoring a couple of tries and just looking at the goods there. Now his fourth season of super rugby, which I didn't realise it had been that many years. But uh he, he's looking quite good and developing into a quality player himself. And I, I I guess uh I'm not sure that he's international level yet, which is the argument the, the uh Conversations going online. But uh, your thoughts? look
0: Yeah, look, the thing about Fluke is he's definitely a, a talented player, but I, I don't think he's in that you know category of um, Ikatau, um Parisi, you know, even um, Paisami in, in that 13 channel. I, I don't think he's in that discussion yet. He is doing some good things. And, you know, I think when he, he's one of those players, we need to see a little bit more body of work to you know throw his name up into that bracket. But we have some really, really talented outside uh, outside centres, and I don't think we need to throw another one in there so close to a World I Cup. and It's not going to really help us.
1: Yeah, I think the point is he's looking really comfortable at, super, at the super level, and he's making great yeah. decisions. So one thing I he's certainly noticed not was, was he was standing next to um Jock Campbell when Jock Campbell came on. And Josh Fluke, you know, despite being four years, he still needs to put on a bit of size and get that super rugby body because J- Jock Campbell is was looking massive, frankly. It was only a year or two ago that Josh uh, Jock Campbell would have weighed almost 10 kilos less or something. So you could kind of you could see them standing next to each other. You know, Fluke's yeah, think- still quite obviously a young man, but he needs to put on a bit more size.
0: I think Fluke's got potential to be a wallaby. Well, I honestly do think he does, but I just don't think he's there yet. It's probably speaking- two, three years down the track, you know, that, that we're going to be having those serious conversations. Speaking
1: of potential Wallabies, not the player that you think I'm going to talk about very excitedly, but Jordan Pattaya for mine. Um, He looked great in the 15 jersey. The try he scored off a kick, mate, he roosted that about, I don't know, 60, 70 metres and then just got the luck of the bounce and he chased through with intensity.
0: Um, Yeah. I I hope he starts 15 pretty much every week for them. I love Jock Campbell as well, but Pattaya is the man that could become a, a, a real 15 option for the Wallabies.
1: That's it. And look, apart
0: from Flukes, two tries.
1: Dalgunu also two tries was awesome. And yeah, I am going to mention it. The Vunavalu try, um, which is what um, sounds like it's settled our uh, fantasy fixture this week, Nels. But um, 100% uh, deep, I mean, the, the big man the big man did look like he was only running at about 60 or 70%. God, he looks slow. I think it was a lock chasing him down, but um, still good to see him okay.
0: with a couple of good touches. Can I say, oh, I might be the only one to say this, but... When I watched that happen, you're the fantasy manager against me. This is how much fantasy means. I was hoping we were going to see him fall to the ground and not make it. I'm like, let him pull up short. I love this guy. I've cheered for him every moment before this, but I want him to fall short. I'm not. I don't wish something serious upon him, but I wanted him to fall short and not make it. Well, I'm glad
1: that it was causing you a semi-stroke, Nels, um, but uh, I was yeah. I was stoked nonetheless.
2: We know, we know he succumbed to a calf cramp. I hope he was he was cramping all the way through because he so just cool. looks so uncomfortable running. And considering in the week he'd come out and said how he just didn't feel confident at top pace, I really hope that's not what he looks
0: like at top pace at the moment. Because if it is, his head's completely scrambled. I, I'm I'm seriously concerned. For me, that looks like a very concerning run. It ended with him going, Oh, there's a bit of pain, and thought that the world was over and then walked it off afterwards. I'm, I'm quite concerned about it. Yeah. Well, look, the last thing I'll say, it was uh, otherwise another negative thing is that I
1: did play a camera for a bit. He didn't really work hard off the ball, like chasing kicks Not through and then getting back and things like that. He wasn't uh, at He wasn't actually, he needs to do a bit more work around the field and still sometimes looks a little lost. So, anyway, I'm yeah. still excited by the potential there. But, um, and he did make that oh, great, great, break. great line yeah, break and yeah. cut out pass for a Dakunu try. But, um, anyway, we'll see how we go. So, uh, any th- last points on that game, gents? Otherwise, we'll move on to the fantasy summary very quickly. Um, cool, I got the nod. So, yeah. fantasy man of the week: Nos Lonigan or Lachlan Lonigan, uh, eighty-two points. He got bagged himself a try, five runs for twenty meters, two tackle busts. He won three turnovers and made fifteen or sixteen tackles and eighteen of eighteen lineout throws. One.
0: So, um, uh, you can other call that no, doing his job. Yeah. Uh, our other notable notables were Celeste Rayasi and Richard Very Hardwick getting 77. Richie Mawanga, 73. David Harbili shifting back into the centres to get 69, dinner for two. Severis coming good and stepping up and getting 67. Josh Flukerman we were touching on, he had a really good game, 64. Mawanga Nidawasi, 62. Poihipi and Dangunu for 59.
1: Awesome. We have the super sub, Kalani Thomas, come in. Uh bagged himself 48 points at the end of that game, that scoring fest there for the Reds. He played 27 minutes, got 3 try tri-assists, a line break, and four tackle busts. And, Harry, who was Captain Mud
2: for the week? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you didn't make me talk about Kalani Thomas So that's two weeks in a row my sub would have won me a match and I left them on the bench. So, Vita Mathaleo, minus 20 points, mate. He basically came on, got his red card, and then that was it. There's your minus 20. Thanks for coming. Four minutes he was on the field. And uh, all from a dodgy clean-out. So that, I, this was the first official upgrade, wasn't it, from yellow to red, I believe?
0: Nah, there was one last week. I, I think good. so, but he, he
1: certainly yeah. he can't have the excuse that he was tired, can he? Four uh, minutes on the field, you know what I mean? It wasn't a tired clean-out.
2: Yeah, 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 that's right. Just sloppy, sadly. But, uh yeah, I mean, you do that, you're always going to be Captain Mud.
1: That's it. All right, well, with that, let, let us move on to our main course for the evening, Super Rugby Pacific, <laughs> round three. A uh, bit of a preview. So on Friday night, we've got... I think we've got two games, don't we? We do two games. Kicking off with the Chiefs uh, and the Highlanders. I uh, can only really see this going one way. But, um, boys, you want to take us through... Uh, I don't think we have any new injuries to report, but any players that might be returning?
2: Yeah, I think uh, we're all hoping Amani Narawa can come back from his illness. He's obviously missed the first couple of weeks. And Aiden Ross missed last week with... Uh, I think it was a walk of his... What a path. So I, I'd expect that's, that's at worst, a one-weeker generally. For the Highlanders, Ethan Groot, Aaron Smith and Shannon Frizzell will all come back from their All Blacks rest weeks. Fabian Holland, I think, is around about now, coming back from his dislocated kneecap. Maybe, you know, not necessarily in the 23, but there or thereabouts. And then you got Hugh Renton and Fatuli Pyre uh, both possibilities to join the side as well. So they have got a few more options around the back row and the back and their centers in, in particular, I think there.
1: Yep, sweet. Nels, do you want to take us through the Chiefs, the chefs?
0: Yeah, look, they're really looking like the the team to beat at this stage. Um D is performing really, really well at their pivot. Shooter Stevenson has just been brilliant at fifteen for them as well, really putting his name up for, you know, higher duties, yes. I mean, there's lots of options there, but he is doing very, very well in that 15 jersey. Um, but where does it leave guys like Joshuani, um, Bryn Gatland? They have so many options there, but but they don't seem to really need them. And, and, and we just hate to say it, but Joshuaani, you know, maybe he can be on the bench for his versatility. That's I know that's what you want, Targi, but I just don't know if they need it. I just don't think they've. I just don't think they've
2: got two exceptional wingers, I could put him on the right wing and then put Joshua at 15 and d at 10 or vice versa and and get the most out of Shooter, d and Josh. I think that's yeah. the most potent. I think, I think my started. point there
1: was just what what, val- what value is it of um, bring bringing Gatlin on when you, you, you put uh, on your bench? You put Joshua on your bench all day because he
2: can come on. Oh, on you, on do you do it. You do. That seemed like the people pleaser. Like, yeah, mate, here you go. Here's your opportunity to do something. But... That one's not the player that's going to roll out in 20 minutes and break a game open for you, particularly a team that you're toweling up. So I'm not sure he's the the right choice as a bench player. I think he's your start, or, start or drop. For sure.
1: So we've got in the centres, uh, Poy Hippie, was, like I said, looked really good last week. Not He did not just that first try. He just um, was really good on defence and, and trucking up the ball. Very serviceable there in the 12 jersey um, with Anton Leonard-Brown out for... Couple more weeks, not entirely sure how long with his. I think it was just a rolled ankle. Um, don't think we've got an update on that yet, but check the casualty ward when we do. Um, and Nakavel, absolutely killing it at 13. Um, so he's just, he's really like leading kind of that uh, back line at the moment. Um, and just playing really, really well. He's involved in everything. So. He will look to continue. Um, And otherwise, the Chiefs pack. Um, You know, they're actually looking quite strong with a lot of depth. Uh, You know, we haven't seen half of these locks kind of get on yet. Uh, we haven't seen the likes of, you know, I think Akhoi was on the bench in week one, but, you know, Natoa Akhoi. We saw Laglan McWannell get on this week. Uh, Josh Lord's obviously still to come back. They've got, um, who's the guy that came up from the Highlanders? Manaki, Manaki Selby Rickett as well. Manaki Selby Rickett um and yeah and the props you know have been great we haven't even had to see john uh john ryan the the I- irish irish prop that they brought yeah. brought in um so yeah it's um the pack's been getting it done um i don't really know what else to improve for the chiefs they just uh you know at the moment they've they seem to have had nanasatura hasn't really got that involved yet it's all been shooter and they've uh you know just got been spoiled for choices on the right wing. They've got, had Coombs-Fabling, Solomon Alamalo, who are both not actually in the main squad. They're in the extended squad. Uh, and, yeah, we're hoping Narawa comes back. And, you know, otherwise they've got uh, Mali-Mali and forget the last the outside back. But um, it's, it just it feels, feels like it's an role. And they just need to keep doing what they're doing.
2: I, I think the biggest thing for them is they've just got to start looking at how they're going to start to rotate a few more of these All Blacks rest weeks. They've obviously got the likes of Takiyaho, Brody Retallick, um, um, Damien McKenzie, Brad Weber, Sam Kane, like there's there's so many guys there that need a rest. I suspect we might see one or two rested this week, and then I think there's the Rebels in a week or two as well. So I think they'll probably the rest of them will roll out. Uh, we'll have we'll have to have a rest then. So. There's um that's going to be the biggest challenge for them. How do they continue to perform when they're going to have to make these chops and changes around their resting protocol? Well, they're, they're, uh, they're too derives easy, derives. Derives. This is
1: this is the game now, isn't it? Are we calling the Highlanders the Sun Highlanders now? As the you know, the oh Israel? yeah, at, at the oh, moment, yeah. absolutely, definitely
0: the Sun Highlanders. They've got the Sun Highlanders followed by the potential Sun Rebels. The yes. potential, I've said there, and then after that, they've got the Tars and they've got the Blues. So yeah, they really need to get some of these these rest weeks in these next two weeks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So talking about the Highlanders, um, yeah, no more rest weeks. Uh, now five game stretch up to their round eight bye. Um, so they've, they've rested. They're all blacks. Uh, it, it did seem strange. Like Harry said on last week's pod to rest Frizell when Mick Ellie two is out. Um, you know, seems a weird choice, not just because both of them are in Harry's fantasy team. That was great actually, but, hmm. um, uh yeah, it seems odd. But anyway, they've rested them, they should all be back. Aaron Smith stayed out the first two weeks. Um, he always, you know, certainly adds a lot to that Highlanders team. Um, and yeah, it's just about you know with a few more of these back uh, outside back options like centers and whatever, they just need to find, you know, the way to punch through some and, and make some advantage line. Um I think Freddie Burns actually looked really good. Uh, you know, it's not like he's a super attacking-minded player. But um, I actually think he, he looked quite good in the, in the Landers jersey. And he could be pushing to be the preferred selection there in the 10 jersey. But um, I'm not sure what they do, whether, you know, they bring in... I mean, Josh Teemu is actually playing really, really well. So I don't know if bringing in Fatuli Paya is a is the option there. Or what do you guys think? How, how can I, they swice it I, up?
0: Look, Harry so, hates I, Josh
2: Timmu's face. I, I don't believe Josh Teemu has been playing overly well. Yes, he scored two tries in two weeks, but that was more just like running a hole and someone putting a good kick through for him. I don't think he has actually had much effect on the game himself, and I think that they're leaking a lot of points in their outside channels and him as the most important defending player. I I don't believe he is up to scratch compared to the extremely high standards that he's been playing. So I, I personally think that they're really looking for Scott Gregory, rosy cheeks to come back at some point soon. Yeah, agree. And um, I think he's going to offer a lot, although he has an injury and we have no idea what that means. Um, the flip, the, and the and other the, question. 13, 13. And, 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 and push course,
1: TUJ to 13 or we keep in TUJ at 12?
2: 13, mate. No, nah, Scott Gregory can play anyway. I don't That's think it the, matters. Gregory 12. Pudge 13. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's just like either way, they're going to use Thomas Samuel, and Jensen for the crackball off every set piece. So I don't think it really makes a huge difference. They're going to rotate them around as much as they need to. Um and then Freddie Burns, I think the, the biggest thing for me is how's he going to go with his connection for Aaron Smith? Yeah. Aaron Smith has been late to come back into camp. He has no connection whatsoever with Freddie Burns from previously playing, and then all of a sudden they're going to be a started in 9 and 10 to try and dig them out of this hole. I think the connection with Mitch Hunt is a definite plus for him. That means he might be the first choice still for the next few weeks, but obviously Freddie Burns is going to need to get some uh, some opportunity as well.
0: Freddie Burns looked good early. I, I watched this game in, in patches um, like the la- last week, but... He, um, he got 50% kick success. He had one from two. He had 50% tackle success, three from six. Uh, apparently, he made three bad passes and conceded two turnovers. So, I mean, he doesn't seem like the stable, controlling... You oh, know, player, to mate. Oh, wow. But, that, I mean, we're, we're talking about him coming off one game and maybe earning himself the start. I don't think he did enough of that to no. earn himself the start. If they're willing to give him time, then sure, give him time. But it's not that he played so well in their absolute romping... That you know he he deserves that spot no matter what. Yeah, look, fair enough. I, uh,
1: I think I, the I, last... I
0: think we go to the the tips on this one,
2: and uh, I, I'm going to give you my tip. The Chiefs' biggest ever win over the Highlanders was 23 points in 2018. They won 45 to 22. So I think they've got another 50 in them here. I think it's going to be a 28 point win. So that makes it 22 to 20 to 50. 22 to 50 is my tip. So you think we're preparing for another record, absolutely. Yeah, I think the good times will keep on rolling.
0: <laughs> I 100% agree.
1: I, I have to say, I agree. And that doesn't even if the Chiefs rest half their All Blacks, I still think it's heading that way. So, um,
0: Look, I'll say the Chiefs rest half their All Blacks and we'll just go real nice to the Islanders. they're gonna lose with 24. It's yep. still the biggest right. ever, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's still gonna be the biggest ever. Excellent. All right, well, that, let's
1: kick on to the second game on Friday. We have the uh, Rebels and the Waratahs uh, playing down in <laughs> Melbourne. Uh, the Rebels two back-to-back uh, home fixtures. Um, again, no new injuries to report for either the Rebels or the Tars. Um, and returning for the Waratahs, there's you know a few possible players, but I don't think any of them will certainly go straight into the starting team. Um, and we'll see. But we have Joey Walton, Ned Hannigan, Tian Tuakupulu, uh, Dylan Dylan Page and Will Harrison all kind of, uh, you know, should be around about this time. They should be back. So um, we'll see how they go and if they're
0: pushing for selection. Um, But, yeah, so who wants to rip into this
1: game?
0: Yeah, look, I'll I'll, I'll have a start. The the Rebels really stepped up their physicality against the Canes. And, I mean, the the question out of this is, is that something they can maintain and, and do again? Or are they going to struggle off the back of that physicality against a team that can really handle that physicality again? You know, the the following week, are, are they going to be worse for last week? Or are they going to build some confidence off the back of it? I I think sure, there's some confidence, but I don't think they can do that week in week out. Yep,
2: yeah, I'm just looking at the the rebels one. Eighteen of eighteen lineouts last week, and yeah. three of their three scrums impressive. That's and, and, and
0: they stole a lineout. They only lost one of each is that of the Rebels those, or is that the is that the Brumbies you are looking at? That's the Rebels, mate. The and they had they uh they stole three of twelve scrums as well. Like they they have been impressive in the set piece, and I think that's probably the weeks.
2: Sitar's weakness as well. So I think that's actually. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious for the Rebels, right? You go scrum and line out, and then you just flood the breakdown and try and destroy the Waratahs' ball. I think that's how they have to play it. You're looking for a long kicking game and just try and put the pressure on them. The Tars are yet to show too much at rock and wall time. They're not aggressively trying to pilfer for anything else like that. So I think that's how they have
0: to try and play it. Mm. Yeah, I think a, big, a good thing for them, or an interesting thing for them is that Gordon really isn't shirking the the work indeed. He's really getting involved and, and rushing back and feeling next to rucks and Moores and coming out of the line and trying to put pressure on. I mean, it, it raises maybe an opportunity for you know someone like the likes of um Fichetti to to see a gap around it, shooting out turn and working around it. Um but Gordon's he's been reading it really well. You know he's he scored two of those long range tries, one off an intercept, one off scooping it up. Um, but it is interesting. Can he can that last, or or is he going to run that the risk of opening up a gap by shooting out a little bit? And it all depends on what happens with Illy and, and guys out around him. Illy had a really good last weekend, but I'm not sure that's something we see from him week in week out as well. So it, it just depends on that cohesion and and those combinations and how they're be, they're building.
1: Yeah, agreed. And I think the, the Rebels still have the same problem we've always said, which is getting the ball to their wingers. You know what I mean? Like we we wanted to see Monti Iwani get involved. He's had very limited opportunities. He just doesn't get the ball is the issue. Um, so whilst, yeah, I agree their game plan will be to strangle the Waratahs. Uh, that's going to be, that's a tall order because uh, as we said, it's not about the Waratahs handling the physicality last week. They were dishing it out as well. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. What do you got, Nels?
0: Let's get the last thing I the, the difficulty with the Rebels as well, they, they had someone like Tuolima um, as their um, six, and, and he's probably a good choice for the set piece. But he, there are other things that's clearly lacking for him, I'd suspect, in a com, you know, competition of someone like Kemeny. Um, Kemeny is a bit more physical um, I, I think more disruptive of breakdowns, things like that. He's been working his way back in with injury. Hosea um, got reduced minutes last week, but he's been working his way back in for injuries. So maybe we, we see someone like Tuolima miss out or shift to the bench with Kemeni coming mm-hmm. in, and maybe Kemeni can can disrupt a little bit yeah. more breakdown work as I well mean, for them.
1: Look, we, we should move on the tiles, but you're going to get me fired up about this. They've got the likes of Tamara Iwani and uh, Ekuasi, who um is another absolute unit who's just come across from the Blues. They've got these two massive number eights and Kemeny. Mate, who cares? he uh, has and...
0: been fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I, I know, but I, just, I don't love running
1: two sevens. I never have. Um, and like I said, it, it val—it certainly last week's performance validated that selection decision. But um, I don't know. I just feel like, do you want like, yes, you can flood every breakdown, but do you want some some punch forward? which I think you're going to need against the Tars. You're going to need to, be able to actually get some ad line. You know, Hardwick and Wilkin aren't running ad line. Uh, and then you're right, with the likes of Tua Lima selected, no, you, you need to get Kemeny, to Iwani or someone else on there who's going forward. Um, yeah. So
0: we'll see how they go with that. they they've, um, they've also shifted Tua Lima to, to lock as well. And brought, When have they brought Joseo off? Like he was playing big minutes the last couple of weeks, Tua Lima. Um, it's, yeah, I, I'm missing something. He's, he's a good player. But he's probably not feeling the height, um, the the physicality of of someone like a Jose getting more minutes or Kemeny or Uwani. But yeah, let's let's jump into the the tars. Um, yep. You said, does any of these tars come into the starting side? Please, I'd love to see Hannigan come. In, to be honest, like I think, yeah. I, I I think that's the role that some of them that should come back <laughs> in, probably that number five lock that they
2: need at the moment. He's, uh, he's developed his game a lot over the last few years. I just think he's a combination of versatility, but obviously probably a little bit stronger in the line-out than their other options at the moment as well. I think that that's a real plus for them that they really need.
1: Well, for me, I'm going to disagree, and you know why. It's because um, Tony you is there, and he was absolutely fantastic in uh, the preseason ben. games and in round one, and they dropped him to the bench last week in favour of Hugh Sinclair, which I quite didn't really understand at all because... Um, he was exactly the type of runner they needed against the Fiji and Drua.
2: I mean, I, um, I called it, mate. I Called it in the in the pod. Why they needed the forward, the mobile forward pack. I said it would happen. They did it. So that's why. That. But was, why, why was,
1: would you need? Well, I, I see. It, it went against them because Hugh Sinclair, they, Hugh Sinclair was getting absolutely no uh, go forward. The only person getting the go forward was Langi Gleason. The only person who could break through. No, the,
0: the, the thing is, they didn't use Sinclair out wide. They weren't trying to really use him out wide. But he he fulfilled what you'd expect from your bigger bodied. Lock I think really quite well in tight, but had the mobility to get around the paddock in defence in, in breakdown work and stuff like that. His mobility doesn't have to be running out wide. They they wanted him running tight, and that's exactly what he did. And he didn't shirk that at all. He ran. No, he didn't shirk th- it, but he just wasn't in making
1: tight. wasn't making ad line. I think I think Coleman D- Darren Coleman said in the preseason games that Tileni C was their best ball carrier. Um, and getting some of the most go forward that you could get. That's, nice nonsense, that's Exactly Gleason, what they needed in that, that first half against the Drua. But Beeson um, and Bell are clearly Beeson Bell. I,
0: I'd say probably Gamble, probably like getting past. Oh, Dan I, like, it, this yeah,
1: is, this was in definitely. the preseason games, but I just meant you know. Right, oh, if, I, if I'm choosing Hugh Sinclair or Tuleni you, that's a job done. And if, and if I'm choosing Tuleni you or Ned Hannigan, again, it's a job done. I'm picking you. But um, I mean, I'm
2: picking. Huh? I mean, you just. I, I guess the coach just disagrees with you. He's the only downside here. <laughs>
1: You know, we, we did have a
2: we did have a call last week to get you back for your shit takes, and, uh, I'm, and I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm glad popular demand. <laughs>
1: here sure. it is, Target selections. But um, yeah. speaking of Can selection
2: see headaches, in the this week. we've got other yeah. names. Speaking um, of
1: of selection headaches, though, like so, we've we've said Gleeson. Um, obviously, he's picking himself now at number eight. Uh, Going to be tough for Will Harris to get off the bench. Um, what about, yeah, in in its, the sixth jersey, Swinton, do you reckon? Or they'll just c- c- continue with Swinton? He's been good.
0: Uh, look, uh, it's interesting. He, I, I don't think that's locked in. I think he's, he's there to bring a physicality that, and, and aggression that some of the other players don't bring. But I, I think Gleeson does bring that. Um, and, and he's showing he can be an aggressive player himself. Um, I, I think Harris probably doesn't have the work ethic and work rate, maybe not ethic, but work rate to, to fill that six jersey. I'm um, so sure, like if you wanted to see her and you could have a Hannigan at, at six, but it doesn't really fix all the answers for me. So um, for, for now, Swinton's probably the man for that role. Sweet. How are like you,
1: you, you for six as well?
0: Yeah, telling, tell, like you,
2: you just anywhere in that forward pack for me. I just Excellent. start him in every position that we it's can. Six? six, seven, eight, <laughs> I'd start him on all of them. That's how I feel, man. The other, the uh, other, the other position that I'm looking at is Peach coming back. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you got Jorgensen has been so good that he's now been drafted into the Wallabies, which we know is an official (laughs) team list that we saw this week. So, considering how good he's been, it's pretty hard to drop him for Peach. To be honest, like I think Peach is a great player, but the ceiling's so high with Jorgo that it really does. Bring up the questioner, he's gonna. I, I think he's gonna have to go play for the a eh, yeah. and tear it up for the cutters, and then they'll say, Yep, yeah, okay, you're looking sharp, we'll give you the opportunity. I don't think you can put him straight back in, yeah, particularly agree, with the yeah. finishing ability of someone like Nadolo as a point of difference.
0: I agree. I from think the, bench. The, the difficulty is as well, the Tars are taking a 6 2 split on the bench, so you, you can't then bring in maybe a specialist winger. Right. I, I think Peach off the back of Australia A last year, was very close to a Wallabies call-up. He wasn't that far off Noonganidawasi in that, that Australia A. That points actually probably looked stronger than Noonganidawasi for Australia A. So he's not far off, but I, I agree. He probably has to work his way back in now. Like, I'm, if we I'm, saw I'm, quite a match from Jorgensen in game two, maybe different story.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I think we, we with uh, all the hype on Jorgensen, we, well, it's easy to forget how good Peach was last year. Um, so I think we will see him slotting back oh, in it's definitely, just whether it's this week or it's next week, you know what I mean but
0: he'll be back I, I think he comes in the... back in and starts I, I honestly I think we've we've called that Naanganwashi onewangshi and Peach are the wingers and I think they are the starting wingers. Hmm. I think I'd be concerned if I'm an adult to be honest as the the third choice, which is horrifying to, to yeah, think but he but... just doesn't seem to have the fitness level potentially that that need at the moment.
2: I think I think it's going to be a little bit like Edmund and Donaldson. I think they're going to say, you got to earn your right. And if yeah. the player is doing everything to hold the jersey, I just think it's going to be hard That's until Drago has a bad game to actually mm. get dropped. And look, I think he makes a lot more mistakes than I'd expect Peach to, which is probably the thing that doesn't get quite the same media coverage as the good stuff he does. But equally, I think you know he's he's at the tip of everyone's tongue for a reason. He's he's playing very very well, and I do, I don't see Coleman dropping him just because he's young or just because Pete was good in twenty twenty two.
1: No, I agree with that. Yeah, this is fair. And speaking of, look, you brought up the tens. Um, you know, obviously Ed Med and Dono. Um, you know, you play who's playing well with Will Harrison coming back into the fold. Do Do you think that Harrison's your your out and out fifteen? Like, as in, it's not it's not to compete between Donaldson and Harrison. It's just it's Harrison's jersey because he's he's much better 15, uh, capable 15 than Donaldson is? Is that what we what well, think?
0: I assume, yeah, Harry's nodding. I assume Harry entirely agrees with me that my first choice 10 is Donaldson. My first choice 15 is Harrison. I like Edmund, um, but I don't think he's my first choice in either of those. Um, it, so I, I think it's a tricky one. I, I'd be, as soon as we can get Harrison back into the squad, I wouldn't mind seeing him brought in off the bench and given a crack. And maybe that's, you know, Donaldson shifting to 10 later in the match, Harrison shifting into 15, seeing how that goes. But I think they have a cohesion between each other. we have seen in glimpses that is is a pretty positive thing as well. I, I, yeah, think, I, I, I think, think that, that I'd
2: I think be think picking up awesome. 10 or well. 15, just get him on the park starting. But <laughs> I just think that his versatile running game and his turn of pace is a point of difference from those three young playmakers. That makes him a lot more effective up the back. Yeah, for sure. I I agree with you. I
1: think Harrison's out and out 15 um, in the Waratah squad at the moment. Um, and I, I think that it's a good shout now. Donaldson starting at 15, apart from that cohesion between Harrison and Donaldson. Ed Med's also a great option on the bench because um, they have actually played him and trialed him at, at the 12 jersey a little bit. So he kind of gives that coverage as well on the bench to come in at 10 or 12. Um, pending injuries we, and whatnot, we, yeah. But like, if you've, you've got Harrison
2: and Dono, like, do you really need Tane Edmund a third fly half there? Like, what's the point of putting him on the bench? Doesn't make a lot of sense to me just because he can cover 12 as well. It's
0: it's tough, they're, they're, they're pretty stuck. these are it's tough decisions. But I think Harry touched on the perfect point. DC gives someone a jersey until they don't deserve it, or the other person takes it physically out of their hands. So people will get chances, but they have to perform when they get those chances. But a, a, a big matchup in this, um this contest for me is Hodge is playing 13 and, and so far he's a spink he's versus proctor. Um, and he's not, you know, he's looked pretty decent there, but there's a different, um, beast, I think in Parisi, uh, marking up against him. So it's going to be a, a, a tough one for him. He's physical, he's big, um, he can utilize his boots, you know, a little bit wider out of the channel, but this is going to be a test for him. Is is he up to the, the standard of a, you know, international outside center running out of,
1: Yep, I agree. It's a good shout. And speaking of um performing, so let's let's kick on to how do we see this game going? Let's uh what what are your tips for the Waratahs versus the Rebels in Melbourne?
2: Uh, Tars are gonna win. Excellent. I think they're gonna do it relatively comfortably, something like twelve to thirteen points. I'll say big one. I'll say fourteen.
0: I'll say twelve. I was gonna say twelve. You got disappointed when you said it. Tars by twelve.
1: Uh did you say thirteen, Harry? Fourteen. 14, oh, sweet. I'll go 15 then. Just uh, love being the outlier there. So we'll sandwich Harry in there. Uh, absolute no, outlier, outlier, mate. You're so different to the rest of us. <laughs> no, it should be good. All right. Well, let's kick on to our Saturday uh, games. And we kick off with a the first one. It's going to be absolutely awesome. We've got the Fijian and Drua taking on the Crusaders at home in Fiji. How good. This is always an absolute spectacle. Any game being played in Fiji and it certainly it it makes the Fijians, you know, feel like they've got 18 players on the field, Um, you know. So the 16th man. Hey, what a reality. To, to be yeah.
2: fair, Fijian does have 18 players on the field. They're playing <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> yeah. It's just that the ones that are on the other <laughs> team start to feel that they need to actually perform for Fiji. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: easy pickings that one. Um New Harry, injuries.
2: You got- injuries, yeah. Jack McHugh with his groin injury. Uh, generally not the m- kind of muscle injury that takes the longest to come back from. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he's missing for three or four weeks, something like that. So they're going to need to bring Enor into the bench, uh, into their centres, I would think, or maybe even uh, Finganuku. And then Brody McAllister, uh, he did come off the field with a blood bin, but obviously we think that he'll be pretty right based off of that. And then coming back in, you got, I think, uh, again, not confirmed. You don't hear much from the Drua. But Joan Kor- Duodua mm-hmm. yep. um, is coming back from a concussion as well. He missed last week as well.
1: Yep, sweet. Um, I think the first night here, we've already touched on it, but someone said Fiji home game. Is that just worth 20 points in, its own, in itself? Probably. Um, I mean, I think if if we if you cast your mind back to last year, uh, that Fiji playing the Chiefs, at, um, sorry, the Drua playing <clears> the Chiefs <throat> at home in Fiji. That was an absolutely awesome game. And uh, whilst the Chiefs got out to quite a bit of a lead and uh, the Drua have been, um, I don't know, guilty sometimes of falling off in games when they're not ahead. Um, certainly they did last week against the Waratahs. Uh, they don't do that in Fiji. So, yeah, they the Chiefs were out to a massive lead against them last year and they came back and almost won it. Uh, it was a huge game. So you can expect them. They'll be playing 80 minutes this week for sure. Uh, and they'll be going all out. They'll be putting their best yeah. players on the field, so it should
0: be good. They get a, they get a boost not only in the scoreboard boost on the, those energy levels. I think from their home fans, really. So that, that's going to be something that gets them through those those tougher, darker moments when they're they're a bit more fatigued. But uh, there's been a few people I've been really impressed with, and and one Salawa. Like he, we we touched him in pre-season thinking he he could step up from them, and, and then we thought there's mirror around and other people that might take that jersey. But geez, he is looking. Really, really good for them. And he, he's a very solid, big body uh, in, in the back row. And he's a, he's been one who's been great to watch. And I think there's one guy we're all waiting for to return, and that's Vota. I, mm, I mean, there's, so there's a few names, Where is he? Yeah, there's a few names. But yeah, where is he? Give us Vota. That's what we want to know. Give us Vota. Where Where is this bloke? Because if he comes back, I'd shift him, obviously, straight into the, the centres and probably shift, in my personal opinion, is Marcy to the wing. And I'd drop someone. Uh, like uh, Simon of uh off the off the wing spot, who hasn't really done much for them so far, and and I think all of a sudden you've got an extra threat out wide, you've you've got a, a step up in the centres, even from someone who's been really good, and yeah, geez, they've got a lot of threats around the paddock.
2: And I think he, he brings the best out of Revovo as well. Yeah. You know, I th- I think uh, Mussy has been exceptional, but probably. Does it all himself a little bit more? Maybe he doesn't have quite the same connection. So, yeah, I, I do agree with that. I think it would be an exceptional player to have him back. And we're just not getting anything. The, the other question marks, really, for me are around Mira Mira, who should be contesting that seven jersey, but we've already talked about his his competition. And then uh Lungi as well is, uh, is Capital. I'm like, when's the white shark coming back? So, mm-hmm. I want him starting today, to just bench three and kind of the Vetta. I don't think he's been quite good enough to hold him out for any amount of time. I know he's coming back from his ACL, but uh, get him in. And then lastly for me, Kagi, tell us about the Sledgehammer. Why haven't we oh. seen him? Why is he the this, captain starting leading Trisker at the comp? Is this the
1: week we see him? To bring out the Fijian right. hero, Erone Sau, the Sledgehammer, run him out at a home game in Fiji. I mean, that would be the fairy tale, right? Um, if he's I come mean- back. He's come back from big money overseas because he wants to play for Fiji. And, I mean, this guy is absolutely epic. If you need someone to score some tries, they signed him after we lost uh, Vinaya, Vinaya Hambosi, yeah. the boss man. And uh, oh, I, I strategically thought that um, he straight in to start on the left wing and score all their tries for the season. But uh, we've yet in to see him. And honestly, I'd probably put him
0: in 10 above Teller at the moment. But the, at the bench, <laughs> I'd, I'd pick him at lock for the Waratahs personally. <laughs> probably. Over but... Tenies. Um, but Tanila Rakuro was on the bench, didn't get on for uh, the Indrua last week, so that that twenty three jersey is up for grabs. So if Vota is not back, sure. he could <laughs> have a chance, or Talinga or someone I'll can have I'll a chance. I'll just say the other that.
1: name, Talinga, Kitiyoni Tlinga, uh, <laughs> Tlinga um, He's a player who we're super excited about. I thought we'd see um, him battling for that fifteen jersey with Ila Drocesi, uh, but um, I think I think maybe he was coming back from a little bit of injury. But you're right, we just haven't got any news from our friends at the. Fiji and Drewer. Um and we, we'd love some updates on on these players, these fan favorites. Um so yeah, I guess watch this space. And we could see, like I said, some changes um at home now with the full squad. So um it's gonna be exciting. But um I think the main the main headline there is give us Vota. Give us water back.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Get water on. Uh, on the cruise side, say this side of thing, I think that this is gonna be the game. They rest a lot of their all blacks. It's a bit it's a harder trip going over to Fiji. It's an emotional roller coaster. This is round three. They're gonna have the blues and Brumbies in round four and five. So we know they aren't resting anyone then. So really, I think almost all of their All Blacks are going to have to rest this well, game. Now, can you explain the me- emotional
1: roller coaster? Because I mean, I'd love to go on a trip to Fiji. It sounds delightful. Yeah, I, I
2: think excitement, yes, but okay. I think the issue is it'll be t- taxing to travel, come back. And get up for the physicality of that game, get beaten up by the big Fijians and then come back to play the Blues next week. You're right. They, pro- they probably Already don't get three lost. days
1: off in a five-star resort after the game, like I, I was thinking in my head, but they, pro- right. they probably don't get that. So. <laughs> I don't
2: think <laughs> they're they going to the race yeah. for sure. <laughs> No, not quite. Uh, look, they, that, that would mean Moody, Cody Taylor, Scott Barrett, Richie Mawanga, Havili, Vaingar Inuku, and Reese are all due... I think maybe, most likely, only Finger and Nuku or Reese, one of those guys might say, just to keep some continuity. And I think Sam White Whitelock's the other all-black, but obviously, considering he missed round one with a concussion, I think they'll probably hold him out now until the Reds game in round six. But that's so, the fact that he had an absolutely immense game last week. He was incredible. Oh yeah. I mean, that was never in doubt, though, right? No. So the team I've picked off the back of all those rests are Bauer, McAllister, and Williams. Dunshay and Whitelock. Zach Gallagher, Sioni Havili, Christian Leo Willie at six, seven, eight. Then you've got Drummond and Burke at nine and ten. You've got McLeod and Enor at centers. And then get Nanai on, Mac Springer, Maca Springer, and Chafee as the yeah, outside right. back. So I think that's why a we, pretty exciting team.
0: Why have we got Habili? And, Havili? So what, and will,
1: will will Nanai be your first pick this week at uh, Fantasy Travel? Christy week. has to have yeah. a rest as well, mate. He's awesome. Sorry. older.
2: Who, who Tom, are you saying? Tom
1: Christie. I was going to question that. Tom Christie. He doesn't.
0: He doesn't. Sorry. Easy, the only one. Sorry. Havili so has got Willie really on the bench. Yeah. He, 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 no, I don't like it really, mate. He's yeah.
1: I, I think we'd see uh, Seani Havili at six.
2: Um, Tom Christie have. at seven. Yeah. And, I, th- I think uh, that's yeah. probably the more likely. Uh, yeah. That's bang on.
0: Well, probably um, more likely, but Leo really, mate.
2: Uh, either way, that's a it's a relatively uh, young All Blacks team, but uh, sorry, All Blacks, basically yeah. <laughs> crusade. Yeah. All Blacks crusade the 17. next All Blacks team, yeah. But- even the likes of McLeod's been in the system a long time and always look pretty solid when they come on. So there's a lot of excitement around a lot of those players, and I think they'd be pretty bloody good and have a very good chance of winning that game regardless. And, and, they and, still and in, a
1: sim- in a similar vein to uh, get Votto on, I mean, I think we, we don't have to say it, do we, but getting that eye on, that'll be the first pickup up for uh, any fantasy managers this week. I mean, uh, mate, please uh, get it you on. Know,
2: you know it's for me, don't you? Yeah. Oh, Harry, will oh, be I first do. because <laughs> he sucks at fantasy now. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, yeah the- surely despite all that you know i mean th- th- that's tricky that's that's a completely different crusader side but you have got to think surely the crusader systems and structures and things have got enough there that this should be a win for them still
1: yeah i was going to say I look think,
0: i think i think if we if we're all tipping we're all saying the crusaders will
1: probably win but i think you certainly can't rule the draw out of this one it's, it's no way crazy.
0: like this is this is a match there that is potentially right for an upset Guys, the the line is
2: 22 and a half points to Fiji and Andrua. Is you anyone backing the Crusaders on that
0: line? No way. No way. No chance. Like this, the Crusaders should be able to grind out a win, but they should not be uh, able to win by that. Tries. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Awesome. All right. Well, let's what move, move on. Uh,
1: sorry, Tip? Yeah, how much are they win by? Oh, uh, yeah. I reckon the Crusaders will win by. Mm, I'm going to go with twelve points.
0: Nice. All right. The Hurricanes versus
2: the Blues on the injury front. Obviously, we're waiting to see what happens to Artie Sevilla being cited. Tevita Makhlau will surely miss at least one week. Uh, Returning, we're thinking Devan Flanders should be back from his concussion. Although, you know, these things aren't guarantees. And then Ruben Love from his groin issue and Brett Cameron from his calf tear all were touted to be back in round three. So a lot of playmaking depth there. And on the blue side of things, Alex Hodgman's missed the first two weeks with illness. AJ Lamb missed last week as well for the same reason. Obviously, there's a bug going through camp there, but it'll be good to see them back.
0: Yeah, look, we, we don't know you touched on. We don't really know about this Artie band. I think we'll touch on it a little bit more later in the pod. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just we just don't know what to expect. Um, many rest weeks uh, and things like that for the Hurricanes. They've got Moana in round six, so that's probably a good one for them for some of their rest weeks, uh, resting players. So they don't really need to rest any before that match. Well, they 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 just can't play six in a row, right? So it means that yeah, round six in is a row.
2: Moana, more than five in a row.
0: Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, round six is Moana, so that's a, a good chance to rest some of your players. Um, so we don't need to have this you know, massive tide of players that have to miss this week, like some of the other side we've seen. Was um, Eden Morgan done enough to hold his jersey, Harry? I don't think so. I was
2: more impressed with him last year than I had been this year. I agree. He's been a little bit less controlled and probably not as impactful as what he has been in the past.
1: Yeah, and I think, look, for those who haven't been following it closely enough, Brett Cameron, who he was brought in to start in the Hurricanes 10 jersey this year, so... Uh, that was very much, I think, before the the start of the preseason. Like round one, was he fit? Uh, Brett Cameron would have been starting from all the reports from the Hurricanes, um, and Aiden Morgan was there to to compete. To be honest, um, one one Test All Black, Brett Cameron, mind you. So mm-hmm. I certainly think now coming back from a bit of an injury, I'm not sure. You know, I would, I don't know if he'll go straight into starting, but um, that's that's those were the reports out of the Hurricanes from the end of preseason. No, so. I look,
0: I I don't know if there was the. I don't know if I read that, that he was the person that brought in to start. I think that he was brought in as a potential starter, a guy with more experience, and we and assumed maybe that that was meaning he's the guy for the, the role, and and maybe he could well be with his experience. Well, I think you guys
1: are forgetting how good Brett Cameron is, Matt. He's, he's been part of the Crusaders system for forever. He, he obviously got a cap as an All Black. And then we're not tearing forgetting. Up overseas.
0: We're, hmm. I mean, we're not forgetting. We're, we're talking about whether... There was open discussion that he was the clear starter, which I, I don't think I'd seen. I, I'd love to see him get a crack and, and get some time there. If you know, if if it's something on the cards for sure.
1: But yeah, but to Harry's question, has Aiden Morgan done enough to hold a jersey? No, not yet. He certainly hasn't. So um, that's up up there for competition. So we'll see. And um, you know, I guess that's one point that you know the Hurricanes have such a strong back line. That uh, even if they can get an extra couple of percent out of that 10, you know, linking some of those players together, just how much damage is that going to do? You know, um, God, they look dangerous. So that'll be nice. Yeah, massive. Uh, I think
0: a, a big question mark for the Canes is definitely has been their discipline. You know, you, we obviously saw it last week with with Artie and the Mafaleo with his red or yellow turn red. Um, so, yeah, I, I think for them, there's probably a question mark there. You, you can't really give the Blues opportunities like that and, and have a couple of players off the paddock and, and think you're going to stay in a tight one with them because the Blues can really make you pay. Yeah, for sure. Um, and
1: before we talk, we look at the battle of the forwards. I think, Matt, there's some scintillating matchups there on the uh, the outsides. We're going to have Rayasi up against um, uh, Talea and Sevilla up against Caleb Clark those are going to be that's going to be awesome um so you know if you just get the ball out to any of them anything can happen um but no i think this 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 game is going to be decided up front right and it's frankly uh, last week the brumbies did quite a number on the the blues um the hurricanes you know i don't think we'll be able to do the same but um it's about you know how much how much are the blues pushing themselves to really come out on top uh, up front this week so um i don't think we'll see uh, I mean, before we get on to the Blues pack, do you think what, what are the changes you think we'll see, uh, if any, in the forwards, in the, the Hurricanes pack?
2: I think the biggest thing is going to be around what happens to Adi Sevilla. I think if he's not there, my gut says uh, Flanders goes straight back into six, and then they use either Yossi or Peter Lackey as the damaging ball runner. You know, I, I think it's in my head, it's probably more likely to be Lackey purely because Braden Yossi in the six role last week was was played or used as the guy that has to just go around and make his tackles and work as a kind of uh, grinding-type player. And despite the fact that we know that he has that more damaging kind of impact running game, Lakai is quite clearly brought into the squad for how exceptionally he played that role last year in the NPC. So, yeah, I, I reckon
0: they'll probably go Flanders and Lakai. Because it's go interesting... Lachai. Okay, it's it's a tough one. I, I agree with the Flanders, and and it's just take your pick with the other two. Yeah, um, Lackey's not been in the squad as long as Yossi um, so doesn't necessarily have as as good understanding of, of structures and cohesion and things like that around him. But Yosi, um, bulk amounts of tackles in D last week, but when they brought on Lackey, he got zero runs, so he didn't really bring what they wanted either. So it, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough to pick between.
1: Yep. For mine, I agree. Flanders straight into six. Uh, I think he's, he's an awesome option at six there. Uh, depending on what happens to Artie, we'll probably see the yellow card himself, du- Duple C in at seven. And then for mine, it's just, um, if we don't have Artie at eight, get Lackey on, get, get the boy on, give him some more time. Yeah, But um, that takes us to the blues uh, blues. Uh, so as I said, yeah, look, need the pack up front. Uh, Alex Hodgman would be a welcome return um you know the Pirates of the Caribbean Captain Jack himself uh he you know gets through a mountain of work you know a lot of runs a lot of carries a lot of tackles um and yeah otherwise I don't see them changing much you know Akira is obviously still out big sales Tom Robertson um in there at six Cameron Sewell-Foe has been doing a good job uh in the locks there has um, he I
0: don't think he has Man, I thought he's been
2: has he been hairbuster. Yeah,
1: a good a good enough job, I suppose. Until until he's got belted
2: by the Brumbies, and I didn't think he did anything in week one. Yeah, I don't think he did much. Like he, I I personally, I drop him.
0: Yeah, no, I'm one who that
2: that minds it too. For who? Um, Well, I picked up the bloke that they're going to drop him for last week because I thought he deserved to be to be dropped. It's James Tucker.
1: Oh, okay, well, yeah. I mean, so, so far not really bring bring a pillow with you type of player. I mean, look, Sam Darry, so I can, far, can yeah. get around, um, but uh, I'm playing Cameron so far, But this is uh, again difference of opinion. But you can't
0: pick people. your team on skin color alone. So has was done nothing.
2: He just I wants think to make some good carries. To now, under so. sixes and eights on the park in every position. Yeah, he's right. also picking to seal at hooker for the Blues this week as well.
1: Uh, if
2: if if he's look, he he
1: might be too tall the hooker. That I will give you that there is no, stuff that's. There are could
0: some could limits. this though. way about yeah. Sumi Fower. He made a big grand total in 80 minutes, five meters of four carries last week. Very impressive.
1: Those are look, those are getting close to Rob Simmons' numbers. Um, him, the permanent captain, mud of oh, the, him run, negative, uh, it, meters. Don't we always uh, talk
0: about one meter per tackle uh, per run? That's what you want.
1: It's 10 meters per run. I think that's oh, I
0: mean. sorry, it is 10. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, fair. Um all right.
1: Well, do we see any other changes though to the to the blues pack? Um I mean obviously Hoskins still shredding it at eight. Um and nah, yeah. look, I
0: mean, it's it's the, the props like maybe shifting the props around potentially and, and seeing if they can find another answer for so far, that's probably it.
1: Fair enough. And then talking looking at the back line, um, yeah, we didn't I don't think there's anything really to change there. They just didn't get any opportunities last week, really. But um
2: uh Yeah, um, I just think you probably see A.J. Lamb on the bench if he's fit. He's been exceptional every run he's had, so that's probably the only change I see happening. Um, Over
0: Radamadavuki Nipkins.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bryce Haim still seems to be that everywhere man that they're using on the bench as well. Um, Which takes us to the tip. I'm going to go the
0: Blues by eight points. Eight points. I like it. Um, I'm going to go the Blues also. I'm going to go the Blues... um, yeah, I'm going to say seven points. I, I I wanted to push maybe for a try and a penalty, but uh, you've you've taken that without a conversions. So I'll go, I'll go less. I'll go seven.
1: I'm going to go to the Blues by ten and um makes it 10. easy. There we go. Get the get the outlier again. Um, all right, Sunday. Um, we and kick off with the outlier, and
0: you pick two numbers. Yeah, all
1: right. I'm a good bloke. What can I say? Um, all right, let's get to the Sunday matches. We've got the Brumbies and the Reds. Uh, look, only new injuries to report here. Alan Altoa came off after about. No Sunday
0: matches, do we? These are all Saturdays, mate. We're we continuing on big Saturday, four matches. Oh no, that's right. Sorry, there are there is four games on Saturday, none on Sunday. So we better
1: get our team lineups this week. Take note, Rugby Australia and Rugby New Zealand. But um, yeah. yeah, okay. So sorry, the f- third match on Saturday. Um, yeah. We've got uh, yeah, Brumbies Reds, and the only injury is Alan Altoa came off after ten minutes with a bit of a concussion. So. We'll see how he goes with return to play protocols, et cetera. Um, and otherwise, no, nothing to report from the Reds, except uh, hopefully Bonavalo is just getting on the cramps and needs a bit more salt tablets, um, and it's not his hammy. Uh, returning, uh, Conal McInerney, coming back, well, possibly coming back from a concussion, return to play protocols, et cetera. And for the Reds, we could see Luke Jones, uh, who would be really, really good to add to that, addition to that pack, coming back from a neck niggle. I don't know if it was much of an injury or just a neck niggle. And um, Spencer Jeans uh, was touted to be back around about this time, um, coming back from a broken leg. But um, the way Kalani Thomas is playing, I can't really see Spencer Jeans warranting
0: selection anytime soon. So a tough old battle for yeah. him. He's not so He's just, not uh, getting it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He can come back all he likes from injury. He is not at 23 at the moment. But That's the it. other one is um, really Pollard. Like, do we know anything about his injury? He's, he's not there. I mean, he would have been... Surely playing these last couple of weeks, um, at at the very least off the bench. And and we haven't seen or heard anything about him, but he is an exciting young hooker. So I I personally would love to see him. He's he's, he's obviously injured.
1: Nelson's fishing for some updates because he wants to pick him in his fantasy team. I could see. I've already picked him. I'm
0: just
2: waiting for this to come. I I, I think Conor McInerney is definitely coming straight back in if he's off his concussion, though, because they played Lockie Lonergan, Noss for 80 minutes last week. Yeah, so clearly Alungia's like, mate, you can put me in the team sheet, but I ain't going on unless he gets injured. He's oh, like, yeah, I'll, I'll take my one week, come back for the ages, and then please do not use me again. I'm there in spirit only. It's like, look, let me hey, come I on think... for one minute just to get that cap, please. But otherwise... That's no. that's, that's kind of what we hoped from Thrush. But we weren't going through that. No. Uh, look, Br- Brumbies, I, I think they have to start White and Alessio. I don't know how, how long you keep doing that. It's easy when you're winning, I guess, to take advantage mm-hmm. of that. But why would you not be starting Alessio unless Debrosini is genuinely the favoured pick? But there's obviously no way that Nick, Nick White isn't their first choice as well. So... I, I don't know. Maybe this is their way of trying to make sure they're peaking for the back end of the season. They don't burn their players out too
0: early. I'm not, not really sure. Not a horrible thought process. But, look, it, it is an interesting one. Um, that at some point, we're going to see those two come and start. You just have to assume it. We don't know if it's building their minutes and their fitness levels for, for any reason um, into this season, as you said, reduced minutes overall. But that yeah, we will see these two come in and start at some point. It's it's crazy not to. Lonergan is actually... A very good player off the bench. Um, Depressini has a bit of a versatility about him as well. Can play 10, can play 15. He's got the size to play. Lots if you want him. Um, you feel arc, like you'd, you'd kind
1: of love to see uh, both of them in, particularly this week. And just uh, if, the, if the Reds start James O'Connor, which you think they'd have to do, you, you're kind of watching the battle for the Wallabies 9 and 10, aren't you? You know what I mean? Tate V, Nick White and um, James O'Connor versus Lola so here. Yeah.
0: yeah, it'd be exciting. Look, if, if it was last year, I'd be saying... You, you'd put Debrascini at fullback just so you can kick to Vunavala and Patai or drop it five or six times. But um, Patai is playing really, really solid. And you know who knows with with Vinavala and minus
1: Yep, fair. Um What do we think? Do we think we'll see any changes in the in the Brownbies pack? So apart apart from uh, sorry, in the pack, I guess up front. So.
2: uh any, any I, I think for me the biggest thing is that they'll probably just keep rotating the workload through their locks when they think they've got three, you know, wallabies test locks basically. So I could see that just being a constant rotation. Nick Frost has had a big first two games, so maybe he gets a few less minutes on this one, has a little bit of a breather. Um, I, yeah, and and obviously at seven they've got three options as well. So I think Rory Scott had a much better game in round two than round one, and the way that they've been dominating the rucks, it's pretty hard to criticize any of them. So from the Ford pack. Minimal, minimal changes to me. And in the back line, um, I, I think that they're probably still trying to gel the cohesion, the combinations that they actually have.
0: So I think they're just going to be trying to play more of the same. I think if you if you believe Tom Wright's a fullbacker, you've got to leave him there. But for me, there's questions around him being a fullback, if I'm, I'm still honest with him. Um, but then the the wingers are performing really well, so it, it's quite hard what you do there. Uh, if, if you feel like you need that extra boot, maybe it is someone like Debrissini getting a crack there. Uh, if you think that's an advantage for you against the, the Reds with you know disrupted forward pack, and you really can to in? this Dev at fifteen. I, I, I think we'll see it at some point, you know. And they, they've got those attacking weapons on the wings. I, I'm really not. I think it's going to happen at some point. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure. And, and the last uh, point
1: I was just going to say, last point is about um, the Brumbies just absolutely going after the breakdowns, going after the Jackal. Um, more so than I think we've we've seen from them in recent years. Um, you know, Nos Lonegan, we said, uh, three turnovers himself last week. Slipper, I feel like, bagged himself another two or three. So they've clearly yeah, been given been, the prerogative. getting to better with be age, yeah. Why I um, so, uh, yeah, so that's really probably going to mean not very much quick ball for the Reds, um, which will really, you know, in, inhibit yes. them. And, yeah, uh, I think my prediction was, was... it's
2: just going to play into this narrative that James O'Connor's not the 10 for the Wallabies because he's going to go against the team that has the best at the breakdown in the competition. The Reds are going to get slow back football. And then, of course, O'Connor's going to have a tough time trying to steer them into the front of the field. Do you, do you go is, – is you're saying he's stopped straight? Back in to, to start. Oh, I, I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. Harry was just, it, just leaving
1: a, a a note there saying if I was James O'Connor, I'd ask to come back off the bench for one more week. Just you know, yeah. Let Tom Liner deal with this and uh, but Tom, um, Tom Liner Tom Lina has
0: been very been very, very impressed. Control. and, and I, I think you know he is someone who can can handle this. You know, slow pace from from the Rumbies quite well and and not overplay his hand. Obviously, he doesn't have the experience of a James O'Connor, but. It's not a horrible decision to go, let's give him another crack, but there's a lot of pressure on him. And and James O'Connor did look good when he came back. But he's he's a player that potentially has had some struggles with form and maybe his, not attitude, but his confidence around it. So maybe it is a tricky one to to throw him back into that that starting side. So it'll be interesting to see how they play out. Yep. Um, All
1: right, so... We've wrapped up the Brumbies. The the Reds, Any uh, we just talked about 10s. Um, any last, I don't know, change, any changes we can expect? Let's, let's start with the pack in for the Reds. What do we
2: think?
0: I mean, Liam Wright
1: came off the bench, had a really good game last week. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah Liam Wright was exceptional. Um, I mean, all of them were exceptional, to be honest, when you put 71 points on a team. But uh, I just think that uh, you just need to usher, usher in uh, the Luke Jones and the locks as quick as possible. I think uh, it was good to see Ryan Smith have a stronger game after he played with a pretty busted shoulder and round mum run we were pretty, pretty critical cool of him and uh, and his blocking partner. And Siru Iru, I think, kind of grew into the game as the match went on as well. So there's a few options there, but I, I think your rush Luke Jones back in is probably a big priority. Yep. Um, and then surely Penny Ravai has to get a start soon, right?
0: Yeah, look, I mean... Tagi's uh, Dar- Dar- just grinning to himself. Hold, he's been, he's biting his lip there, not to jump in straight away. He, he is, he's doing well. Um, look, he's probably biting that disgusting moustache that's too long and needs a trim. We um, probably can't help that though. But yeah, look, Penny Ravi has been very good coming in off the bench. So it depends on how they want to have that combination between the two. Much
1: like my moustache, the word I'd use for Penny Ravi is majestic. Um, the man look he's he's played he was a seven he, name another prop that was that played sevens you know what i mean you can't so um i uh, he, he's few times that he has um had a crack picked up the ball he's so eager to just uh you know bigger drive or make a break himself i'd love to see him get more game time but at the same time I, I do agree with zane nongor um in the starting pivot and really just kind of giving him that time to grow so uh we'll see but certainly some rotation to be expected there um what do we think? Uh, all right, talking about the the backs, Jock Campbell. Um, he came back on. Like I said, he looked in really good physical condition, really big, actually. He put on a lot of size, um, as if he's really gearing up for, you know, test selection. Um, I think we've I think we've probably already discussed it. We said uh, Jordan Batai is looking so good at 15 that we want to see him starting week in, week out. Where does that leave Jock Campbell? I mean,
2: um, he's, he about, he's about one hammy tear away from anyone in that back line. So <laughs> I think his chance will come, but it's probably not until the opportunity presents itself to him.
0: I think he's going to have to bide his time a little bit.
1: And by that, you mean one hammy tear to Dalgunu, right? That's what you
0: mean? Yep. No, look, I mean, there, there could be concern. Like, it, it really, we don't know everything about what happened with Vinamalu. with that like, half an hour he's going to pull up afterwards. It's, it's sure, it could be really minor. But he didn't look confident on it. He came off. It's not something severe, but maybe they go, let's kind of deload him and bring him off the bench or do something it's like, what, it, was it really it? a cramp? He didn't bloody run before it. it was the fact that he kept
1: going meant it was a cramp. It was
0: it was so, no, no, I'm just saying, it was so and slow very, and then he came very off. immediately after that. Yeah, and he, and he was slow before the cramp. Like he was. Yeah, but to, to be fair, un- if yeah. you saw
1: Vunavalo have a cramp, you'd take him off immediately. Uh, have any, have any twin, you'd take him off immediately. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I just think we don't. Uh, he's some he's, of the most expensive
1: hamstrings in in uh, the world. You know what I mean? It's um, but no. Look, all right. Enough about them. So yeah, I think I think you agree. Jock we'll Campbell come off the bench. We'll possibly see James O'Connor to start. Otherwise, backline to remain the same. And the only thing on this game, I think, will be um, how do the Reds deal with uh, not only the Brumbies at the breakdown, but at the rolling mall? How how are they going to stop that?
2: They're not. They're going to concede at least two rolling mall tries. They're going to get absolutely pummeled by it. Do you, do you reckon the, the play for the Reds is don't
1: give away cards, just actually let the Brumbies score those tries and just back yourself and hope that you can score more tries out wide and just be a really I, high wasn't scoring it,
2: game? It the Tars versus Reds trial, where yeah. the Tars scored two rolling mall tries against them, when we get Tars are a rolling mall team now. They haven't done yeah. one one good one all season. It's just that the Reds do not know how to defend it right now. I think there's,
0: there's, uh, there'd be a real question around that defensive mall. Uh, definitely for the Reds, but the Reds literally have to go in our own forty. We do not give away penalties. And that's the mindset. To- Patience, you know, and, and and not push things because, yeah, any any kick, any penalty within forty meters will lead to seven points. Fuck going for three points. Take the try. Yeah, I, I, I suspect
1: the um, yeah, penalties will add up quickly in this game, and you you can't afford to get cards uh, for the Reds. So. Um, Nelson's tip for this one is um, Billy Pollard to start for the Brumbies, bag himself three tries. But um, boys, how do we see How do we see tipping the game? Um, I haven't gone first yet, so I'll go. I think the Brumbies will win this game. Uh, I think they'll just, you know, as much as the Reds scored 71 points last week, I just think the Brumbies will absolutely lock them down um, with this rolling ball at the breakdown. So I'm going to say the Brumbies are going to win this by, I'm going to go with eight points
0: i say Brumbies to do better than that and win by 18.
2: Yeah, I had it a bit bigger than Kagi as well. I'm gonna go but Kagi's the win. outlier. Brum's
0: by 12 points. Jeez, we well, spread still,
1: it. still an outlier. I'm a lowlier, though, you know. So. Um, yeah. Sweet as. All right, and let's take us on to the last game of round three. Um, the two Titanics, the Behemoths, the Western Force and Moana Pacifica. Uh, injuries to report on this one. For the force, we've just got Jeremy Williams and Michael Wells with concussions, so we'll see how they return throughout the week. Ollie Callan, red card for that high tackle, so he's no doubt missing this week. It's about how many extra weeks will he miss. And um, otherwise, uh, players returning. I don't think we had any injuries from Moana Pacifica, but possible players returning. For Moana, we might see Sakopi Kepu return. He was coming back um, from an Achilles I'm not certain on that. Obviously, it's a long recovery, um, but they said you know is aiming for this round. Uh, and Teamifying nuku who um, w- w- suffered a concussion in trial, has missed round one and two. Uh, probably just didn't fly over to Melbourne for the same game. So I'm not sure if he's flown over to Perth, but um, could possibly return. So. How do we see this one going, boys? Uh the force going to, um, you know, have an absolutely ripper training week, turn around and and come out uh, a whole new team uh, with a, a whole new world?
2: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I thought Flaff uh really struggled with his line-out throwing with the Western Force, just not having that ca- connection. And then I think now they're going to have no Jeremy Williams, no Michael Wells. I think there's some real issues there for that unit, that line-out unit, which is going to be a real weak point for them and probably one of the areas that they thought they would have had some real dominance over Moana Pacifica. Um, having said that, the front row has been phenomenal and I think that they're probably going to be pretty dominant as well. So it's going to be a real balance there. Um, I think Q is, is probably going to come straight into in the point. side. We've been waiting for him for a few weeks after he played so well over in New Zealand in the um, Bunnings MPC. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to him having an opportunity. Um, and then finally, I think maybe for me is Kal- Kalapu is probably the bloke that gets another chance in the the lock. So he, he's been the bloke, bloke holding the jersey when needed, but I'm not sure if we've seen enough out of him yet for me to be too excited about what he's going to bring. The American, Felix Klapper. Yeah, I thought he would be starting all
1: season after Isaac Rotter disappeared, but um I thought he looked good when he came on. Uh, you know, it's hard to say he looked good in a game where they got absolutely smoked, but um I thought he did look all right. So
0: mate, is he American or did you just play for old Rory DC for one or two years?
1: i have to get back to you on that, but um I'm gonna use that's enough.
0: And he's definitely Pacific Islander.
1: Will um, watch this space and um, uh, Nelson, any any further thoughts on the force before we move on to Moana?
0: Um, look, I, I mean, there's the question marks around the the centers as well. Um, you know, with Sam Spink, I, I think you were assuming he was a few years, a few weeks off, off.
1: Harry.
0: That's pretty bad, it's a bad injury, but yeah, look, Sam Spink, if you know, we're, we're assuming he's missing, and Bailey Kunzel. Um, filled that thirteen jersey for them, and yes, he's he's a bigger body, but you know they're they're probably missing something. Um, even though he did do some good runs for them in in the centres, so oh, look, I'd assume they'd start again with him there. I I, I don't know who they can fill to to say take that jersey, but
2: no man, that's what um, it was going to be. That's what it should we be called in the pre-season. Jeez. We thought that that I was it. we don't want Paul Boy. I was going to say Paul Boy's the only other option. We don't sad. want him around yeah cool man so i think that's always gonna be ken confirm just double check kalapu is new zealand heritage uh we'll grew up in new zealand he just spent one season in the u.s so that's I don't enough, like, going,
1: like
0: that. yeah. that's <laughs> that's enough to say he's an
1: american it's fine he was an that's nfl talent are i'm
0: just saying he's um i think he's western Australian, isn't
2: he he's a running back
0: yeah
1: yeah um look <laughs> great <laughs> chat boys um all right ah. let's get on to a minor pacifica then um Yeah, look, I I
2: think pole has been exceptional every time he's come on the field. I think he needs to start. I think Lyndon Murthyr's been good, was good last year, but I just think he's probably the breakout player for this side so far this year. I think he's exceptional. He should start. Otherwise, probably pick and stick. Uh, I I don't know. I've never been sold by Danny Tawala at 15 so I say pick and stick, but I mean pick and stick with at 12. <laughs> twelve. Yeah, mean either, I, I,
1: and I prefer to see Levi Amua at um thirteen as well. I don't, I, I think he just gets more opportunities there rather than at twelve. Yeah. Yes, he's a big body, oh, okay. but um, and and I don't it's know. Teamer Fian is available. Um, I mean Tua Tavaki was all right on the weekend, but um, I'd throw Teamer Fian in on the, the left wing. Um, if he's available uh and and yeah I thought I think William Havili adds that extra element kind of, of like a bit of a second playmaker um you know usually plays 10 for um Samoa uh and is a pretty good kicker so yeah I think picking and sticking is good um I don't know I have to look at the casualty board to see what the injury to um Motuga Motunga was like um whether we'll continue to see uh Miracle and langi and uh, who was in the back row? Right? We've got Jonah Mao, Uh yeah, you got, and...
0: uh, got Finaki at 7. Funaki and... And Funaki at oh, seven uh, yeah. um and Finaki at 7.
1: Jonah at 8. So, yeah, I, I don't think we can really anticipate many changes it's just yet. What do they do with Tawala uh, and to, who, who do they bring in at wing? So, um that will dictate. How do we see this game going, guys?
0: Oh, look, this, this is actually probably <laughs> a, a tough one. Western Australia, um, Moana have been... Uh, physical and have looked good at at times. Um, the force last week were, you yeah, know, probably not like what they were the, in, in week one. It, it really means I probably would be leaning towards Moana, Moana especially if they're getting Kepu back. If I'm honest, I, I think they've shown, you know, some more threats around the paddock, and, and there's probably a few players that have stepped up a little bit more. So I'm going to lean towards Moana with a with a upset here. Um, and maybe by seven points, five
1: points, six five. three tries I mean, to it'll
0: be Jimmy, one score. It, yeah, it'll be one score, and it'll probably be Tavatabana doing it all himself. But I'll say seven points. What do you reckon, Craigs? Um, it's, oh, sorry.
1: it's tough to say, actually. Just given, I mean, the four showed a lot of character in, in round one, but um,
0: there are a lot of players down. In I want to back,
1: two. I'm going to back Moana Pacifica because I want to back the boys. I um, thought you
0: wanted to be different, mate, and you now you're just copying me again.
1: Nah, that's see. I'm going Moana, and sorry. What did you What did you pick and buy?
2: Seven,
1: seven. I'm
2: gonna go Moana by ten. I'm gonna go Moana upset as well. Queen sweep on our side, so maybe on, I was hinting to you already that I was <laughs> before. I was showing you the sort of the uh, margins. Show me,
0: show me margins. it wasn't gonna I was it. like,
2: can't back that, mate. The force. There's no way they're beating the line, but. Anyway, I'm going to pick him by two points. I think it's going to be very, very tight. Western Force over in in Perth is a, a challenging game. It's a long traveling game as well. I, I
1: think the the key the key to this game will just be discipline and physicality. So it will be how to impress your physicality upon the other team without getting carded if you're minor Pacifica, and uh, you know to not give away. You know it, this game will be determined by if, if either team gets a few cards type of thing. So if you can keep 15 players on the field. And, and be physical um I think Moana will win this game so uh,
0: Peter, oh, that, wrap,
1: that wraps up um the preview our main course the preview of Super Rugby Pacific round three uh, I'm excited for that to come and with that look let's get into a very short dessert
0: God what's to God do with that deserter do I, do I
1: Just airing some old grievances. I don't think we had time. None of us had time today to throw out for any listener questions or anything. But um, let's not talk about it for too long. Just Artie Severe and the old throat slitting. I mean, I think I think, I think it's been said enough. There's, uh, I think I was just looking at stuff.co.nz Super Rugby, and there's about five five of the last ten articles that all have that picture of Artie as their headline article. It's like, can we just? Can we get over it? You know, he's he's fessed up, made a mistake. Heat of the moment got to him. Who knows what was said, and um, that he's he's he wants to be better. So let's but move I, on. I, see, I'd like I, to see I, more of that. But
0: I think look, they're they're talking about for something like this on the low end could be four weeks, on the high end could be twelve weeks. Um, so an early guilty plea could drop it down to two weeks. So and of course, you know, sorry, he's going in front may of may the
1: judiciary fun. um tonight on Tuesday night, yeah.
0: um. So, look, I, I think a really you know, a funny thing out of this is there's so many differing views on this. Um, he lost his cool and, I mean, really disrupted his play when he came back and and he realised that he can't do that and he's, it was out of character for him. But that doesn't mean you can get away with it. I, I mean, to be fair to, to, be fair to he, him, he
1: lost his cool during a game of rugby where a lot was going on. I mean, Nelson loses his cool about every five minutes on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, so if we he, compare
0: he, the pair... Look, uh, he, thre- he threatened someone... You know, verbally and, and, and physically and, and try to intimidate someone after being sent off, I, I do think he deserves a ban. I think it, it can be a minimal ban, but I don't think people what? get away with You think
1: he
2: that. deserves a ban? Yeah, yeah, 100%, mate. Like, you, you I, can't get in someone's
0: life. I do as well, man. Like, on national television with kids partic- watching. Partic-
2: but particularly when you're, you're – tro- not even that, like, it's a game built on the, the foundation of respect – and the guy's been yeah. subbed off and he's having a blow as he done. leaves. And he continued on. And even after that, he continued on he walk he, off. to be walked off by the, one of the ex-players who was a water boy to get him off the field. Yeah. So, yeah, I 100% think you should get a ban. I think it's the low end. It's four weeks. They'll say good behavior, two weeks. And then they'll drop it to one week because he's going to do the, like, not yeah. bullying the opposition course that they're going to run. So, yeah, I'd I I I even way. lose the
1: opposition every week when he takes the field and just scores tries, to be honest. Yeah, but, but that's um,
2: that's within the rules, mate, and within the spirit of the game. I think... Um, oh, I, I don't I know. Think I think you have to a set an example to say we're not rugby leg, and um, because of that...
1: We're going to be carried away here with the spirit of the game. Did you actually uh, see what he did? I mean, yeah, how many yeah. how many times do yeah. players who are lining up in the back line, You point at the other guy and you are like, "I'm coming for you, mate. You're dead." You yeah, know pointing's I mean? fine, like, mate. Pointing that's is, all part nothing, of it. You, you know, it is, yeah, you're it you're is not, rugby know. is a sport where afterwards you do shake hands. Once okay. the, game, the whistle's blown, you walk off, you shake hands, and you move on. But during, yeah, anything not, going as far as I'm concerned.
0: You're you pulling up absolutely relevant things. Pointing at someone and says, "I'm going to hit you hard" is not the same as. Actually, verbally and, and physically threatening someone with kids watching on the telly, mate. Like it, there, it's there exactly is the a... same
1: thing. What You're trying it? to get in someone's head. You're lining up against them, going, "Mate, I'm going to kill you if you try." Hey, he, he, he was not trying to get
2: in someone's head. He, he lost. His, his he book. completely lost his call. Cool, Apologised for it afterwards and said, "He, at the moment, I I lost my my call and did the wrong thing." So he's admitted it. He's going to get. He's going to lose. It won't be as severe because it's an early guilty plea as well. But I 100 believe that he's going to miss a week because of the fact that he's gone and done the wrong thing and it's against the spirit of the game. And it's, it's like if you have a huge blow up at a referee, you get
0: pinged for it. I also, just think he will. But he, just, he also clearly deserved the yellow card. If you go back and look at what, what he did, he grabbed someone by the back of their collar and threw them on the ground. He clearly deserved a yellow card and he was aggressive at the moment. And I, one of the, my pet hates of watching anyone in league or union is someone who has a go and swears and blows up or has a whinge at the ref after you've been carded. Mate, you're a leader on the field. You're a role model for a lot of kids. And I do not want to see that in our game. I do not want to see kids doing it. So too bad, mate. You can miss a week. And that's not a big punishment. It's one week, mate. And you've got players that can replace you. And you'll probably never do it again either way. But I think it needs to be stomped you know, out at this point. It cannot happen. If he
2: doesn't get any kind of ban then what, what's the precedence that we're setting as well? Is that okay? Can everyone do
0: that now?
1: Yeah, good. Bring up Follow the aggression up levels. Get
0: into it, boys. Woo! No, he's, he deserves a week, ban. He doesn't well, deserve anything.
1: The, the, the major thing from this, what it does, is it um, removes a really, really massive headache from coach uh, Jason Holland, um, who now doesn't have to figure out which week he's going to rest, Artie. So if he does get a ban, it's fantastic. It, take it out take of his like, sweet, Artie. Yeah.
0: Um, look, the couple of Palmer, the, um, they they got rid of that. Because of the the throat cut slit, you know, the the end of the, the hucker.
1: Yeah, again. They got rid soft. Of it, soft. They, no, but they, they got rid
0: of it because they didn't they think it was too much. This is and that is the orchestrated do. that it, I do as well. But that's an orchestrated dance move, but they go, There's too many people watching this that we don't think this is the right move. And then he's doing it out of anger aggressively after already been told to get off the field and having to be helped off the field. Let's not go in circles. We disagree. But we all love the bloke, and he'll never do it again, and he's better than that. And he knows he's better than that.
1: Indeed. Um, any other grievances from the weekend? Or did you guys not, not watch enough footy to have any grievances? My, mine mate, just grievances need... on you. My, yeah, it's mine. Mine's just you. the usual too many cards. But, I mean, I do get that, you know, there's nothing much we but can really are do. are good,
0: about. mate. Cards are good. Can we stop talking shit about them? Like, I don't mind the game being opened up and people being fatigued more. If you do the wrong thing, get the fuck off the field, man. Like it's
2: not the end of the world that you get a card. You don't know really normally swear on this podcast. That's four times for you tonight. Yeah. That's and I'm true. Emotional. He's getting hated.
1: Um th- there was just there was one specific card that I can't remember what it was for. I think it was a it was a it was a high tackle, but it was like a incidental head knock where two Alex. players' heads clashed. Alan
2: yeah, the, the guy didn't bend his waist. It's very clear that it has that has been an issue that's been consistently ruled as a cardable offense and ended up and as like, a red. Yeah,
1: I get that. It has been, and it's like any contact to the head or whatever, but just we were, I don't well, know I'm
0: still just not about it. I struggled to see that as a red um but it's been happening as a red but by the protocol there was no high degree of danger but he made no effort to bend and there was a faint touch I had think actually there was a, there feet. was a
1: yellow card for a um for a for a ball like a ball knockdown um which I, I I'm about that when if you're knocking down the last pass for a definite try Yes. I mean, that was, that. that was
0: what, seven metres out from the try line? With there, the there, no, packed. there was
1: one definitely that was like, there was no chance of it being a definite try. Um, and, you know, Funny if anything, fine. You could have given it a penalty, game. but they gave it a card. I was like, losing my mind. Yeah. But anyway. Is that the blues? I'm actually forgetting which game, to be honest. They kind of all blurred together yeah. for me. But, um, but yeah, no. Right. And, what, otherwise, look, I mean, runs? it's it's it's. I guess it's, it's no good talking about grievances because I'll say one thing of, of going to the whole Super Round. I had an absolutely awesome weekend and the rugby absolutely delivered. Um, there were so many good games, great Atmos. Would have been nice to get a bit bigger of a crowd in there, but um,
0: That's all
2: awesome. yeah. So I mean, who he doesn't love watching
1: points be scored?
2: So, guys, the takeaways for me Yes. Is save our sons, get on, Google it, mm. have a look, work out what muscular dystrophy is, Duchenne muscular dystrophy. If you haven't already done that before, um, get on, do your tips. Targi coming third last is uh consistently atrocious, so great to see. And uh we need to get some likes, some five star reviews. So please, if you've made it this far, it yes. is a sign that you've already done so much for us. What's one more five star review. <laughs> yeah. And, that, we and just that's at the of with people
0: still listening.
1: And, and and also, um, get yeah, get after draft rugby. The boys might post up um some stuff about Save Our Sons, and you might be able to follow along their antics the next couple of days and what they get up to. Um, otherwise you'll find them on uh, on their socials. But um yeah, good on you boys and go well. All right, Thanks, see mate.
0: so how do you dog for me?
1: Guru's.